today on the Bill Kelly Show on AM 900 CHML. Hometown hockey finally comes to Hamilton this weekend. We talked about this way back when they started the schedule at the beginning of the hockey season. And uh, we told you that the final weekend was going to be the uh, the big one here in Hamilton with all kinds of fabulous uh, activities lined up for uh, the waterfront down at Pier 8 where it's all going to be happening. Joining us to talk about this is uh, the host of Hockey Night in Canada, the host of Hometown Hockey, the legendary Ron McLean joins us here on the Bill Kelly Show on CHML. Ron, welcome to the program. Good to have you with us today. It is great to be, Bill. Uh, listen, before we get into all the stuff that's going to be happening this weekend, i, I, I got to ask you very quickly, because you've never wanted to be shied away from, from controversy and, and from topi- topics that are, are obviously front of mind with hockey fans right now. Uh, what about uh, the NHL decision not to go to the Olympics? Well, it's funny, Pat Quinn, right? We're coming to Pat's uh, hometown, yeah, yep. and uh, he made us uh, so proud in 2002 with uh, the way he coached that men's team, the speech he gave before the game, which uh, I don't know if you know, Bill, but it was a an epic story of a really tense moment. Canada hasn't won since 1952. It's the Americans' arch rivals. It's tons of pressure. And he goes in, and his speech to the boys was, now, we all saw the game three nights ago when the women won the gold medal. They had eight straight penalties called against them. Uh, They kept it together. They could have played that game for a month, you guys. They weren't going to lose because of their composure. And that's how we have to be. If we get a couple of chintzy calls, if they score the first goal, we cannot melt down. We got to bottom line, I want you to go out there and play like a bunch of women. And that's what he said, Pat. And it broke up the room, and I know it's sexist, and I, I God knows, uh, after, uh, you know, the Junos and everything else, uh, I don't want to be yeah, disrespectful. Pat, Pat that, knew it exactly what he was doing, didn't but he? But he knew, and he got them to laugh. And I can remember vividly seeing Owen Nolan, another Irishman, coming out the tunnel with a big glint in his eye. And uh, they just hit the ice in a great frame of mind, uh, and they got the job done. So anyway, I, I, I love the Olympic moment. It's one of the highlights. Uh, certainly the others in Vancouver and Sochi are right there with the women in particular in 2014 winning. Um, it's tough for uh, the NHL not to be there. The only only slight thing that has always been in the back of my mind, Bill, is I love to see Connor McDavid and Sidney Crosby together, but in a in a funny way. Uh, whether it was uh, union activities or Olympics or best on best tournaments, I didn't like to see arch enemies become friends. <laughs> if you can, if you can understand that. So, yeah, yeah, I see the point. That, sure, that's the one thing that I, I I didn't want them too chummy. I didn't want to know that when Jonathan Taves and Sidney Crosby are playing against one another, they're having a hard time competing because it did happen in the World Cup in 1996. Canada lost to the USA because Mark Messier would not hit Brian Leach. So there's a bit of a conflict there that uh, that has always been in the back of my mind. But still, uh, you you know, I love the idea of Olympics. I love that you're playing. I, I think they absolutely are extortionists, the IOC. But I, I love the idea of you are doing something that goes beyond uh, business. You're you're sort of representing not not so much nationalism, but the idea of everyone in it together. The other side, I guess, if you're looking at this as a, the glass is half full sort of a thing, it, it does give an awful lot of other good hockey players in this country a shot at international competition. They kind of got shoved to the side a little bit, haven't they, Ron? Yeah, and in 1992, when Eric Lindros was leading the charge, and it was uh, the amateurs, for lack of a better word, uh, it was fantastic. And you know, Todd Lushko joined us in our hometown hockey in Guelph last week. He won a silver medal in yeah. Hammer. Those were great teams with lots of great storylines. I mean, you know a Bulldogs game can be as exciting as an NHL game uh, when it's for all the marbles. So it, it will still have all that. And I think for the league, uh, you know, it, it might be a little misstep in the United States because NBC does primetime coverage in such a great way uh, that the National Hockey League is going to be competing in the dog days of their NHL season where every reporter is going to be going to the players and saying, how do you feel about not being 
in South Korea. Uh, I think that might be a misstep south of the border. Up here, we're going we're gonna to watch uh, whatever team Canada we ice, and we're still going to stick by the NHL, but I don't know about south of the border. Yeah, it's uh, the implications of this are going to go on for quite some time, and, and like you say, just when you think it's going to die down, of course the Olympics will be upon us, and it's going to be front of mind for everybody else, too. But uh, they've they've got their reasons, and and you know I was talking to Howard Berger about this the other day on the program, and and Howie was not surprised by this either. I mean, you, you could see this coming, couldn't you, Ron? Yeah, I think the uh, you know I I just what I don't like about it is it's just one more uh, thing that they've done to the players that I'm not sure is in their best interest as an ownership group. I, they won the lockout sound in 2004 or five. Uh, they've they've got cost certainty. Um, I think the players, you know. As a rule, Bill, most of the successful players are making so much money that they're satisfied. So it's hard for uh, Don Fear or whoever happens to be running the Players Association to create uh, much momentum in terms of going to war for their rights. Um, but this is one that might just stick in the cross. So uh, I think I wonder if it was a healthy thing with respect to the next set of collective bargaining negotiations. Uh, just one question more before we move on to what was, what's going to be happening this weekend. With that in mind, why didn't the NHLPA actually have this as, as one of the agenda items in those negotiations? I mean, they, if they, this is so near and dear to them, they could have insisted on this. It didn't seem to come up in the negotiations, no, at least not that we are aware of. You know, he's got a lot of concerns about what they're doing with their growth of the game right now. Ultimately, the players have invested in Gary Bettman's vision of how to make money and, you know, grow their bank accounts. Uh, Where they, I think, have not done a great job is on the international scene. And Don Fear was a big believer in the growth of the game, both in Europe and in Asia. So you're right. It was probably a mistake on his part not to ensure that that was uh, in the negotiation. But I think he felt it was precedent that they'd gone four or five years or Olympic cycles, uh, that it was a done deal. So he, he might have misread uh, that situation. I don't know if that's coming over from baseball and, and not sort of understanding the underpinnings of this. Um, but, you know, clearly the, the league had its nose at a joint at Sochi. They just felt they weren't given proper concessions. And they their big stickler, which, again, Don Fear could have been a part of this, uh, they needed the Olympic rings in, tents, in tandem with the NHL logo uh, to be able to market, and the IOC would not grant that. They never do. Uh, so he, Howard's right, and a lot of people, I guess, were right that uh, you know the league had its reasons. The PA now, though, I think is going to be hot about it, and I think that will be a bit of a, a thorn in the next dealings. Well, let's cross that bridge. I know you and Don, I'm sure we'll talk about that on Saturday night for uh, for the game. But, uh, He's happy. He's happy as a pig in mud. He didn't want to go <laughs> He didn't want to go to either destination, right? So I don't know if they'll try and revisit Beijing in uh, five years, but I know Don was not really keen on going. He, he went, we had a cycle there where he had to go to Nagano, Japan, and he just said he got such a bad cold uh, in 1998. Yeah, I'm yeah, I remember happy. that, yeah. Crazy stuff. Hey, listen, uh, you're in town this weekend, of course, and uh, a great big festival on Saturday and Sunday, and of course, culminating with the the big broadcast on Sunday. Uh, and and uh, it's going to be an awful lot of fun. You and Tara are going to be, of course, uh, co-hosting this. Uh, and you need about five or six hours just to talk about the Nurse family, just to introduce all of them. I know you're going to be talking with them and focusing on some of the, the great Hamilton area hockey players and athletes. And that's, that's one of the, the magical things that I love about what you guys do with Hometown Hockey, Ron. Well, you know, and it's going to be for me, Bill, I lived in Ancaster for four years, yep. and I think of all the great uh, times I had at, uh, you know, the restaurant scene was great in Hamilton. In, in my day, it was Maxwell's and Shakespeare's and La Presti's and Hutch's, of course, over on the beach, which we're not too far from with our Pier 8 location. Um, I remember refereeing at the then Mountain Arena, now Dave Anderchuk yep. Arena, and we've got a lovely profile on him. 
Um, you know, you're, and Tom Cochran's coming to sing for us, which will be uh, great. You know, just his whole big leagues and uh, life is a highway. Thematically, he's really uh, tied into the hockey. So we have a great show, great weather in store. Everything's free for family and friends. Tara's actually out with the Marauders this morning. Yeah, I days. heard. Yeah. <laughs> She's playing football with our great Marauders football program at McMaster, and that's going to be a chilly one. Uh, so, yeah, it's a lovely – I think the show – I hope the show is gaining as it should on a Sunday night, the night before the school week, the work week, uh, kind of a family couple of hours to sort of see ourselves as Canadians and what it is that makes each nook and cranny special. Well, you mentioned Dave. Of course, Dave's a good friend of uh, many people in the community, and uh, I know his mom and dad quite well, and uh, what a great history he's had, of course, from minor hockey all the way up through to a Stanley Cup champion, of course, with Tampa Bay. Uh, you're going to talk about the Nurse family. Of course, we know Darnell with the Oilers, but uh, yeah. there's quite a legacy there. Uh, Richie, of course, was a great football player for the Tiger Cats, and his daughters have been remarkable athletes, uh, going all the way back to Rachel, of course, who went to Syracuse on a track scholarship and hooked up with her, well, soon-to-be husband, Donovan McNabb, back in those days, and, and on and on it goes with Kia and, and, and everyone else. It's it's a remarkable story, and it's it's great that you have this opportunity when you go to well, like Guelph the other day to talk to some of those hometown heroes and the ones that, that those people in that community are aware of because they understand just how they came up from the neighborhoods in which they live. And even uh, Isaac Nurse, who's a cousin, right, yep. and uh, with the Hamilton Bulldogs. So the nurses are, are clearly one of the first families. And Rick, think, Richard wasn't a bad hockey player. I played a lot of charity games with him. Yeah, they're they gifted at everything, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, those genes and... Uh, and I love, you know, Dave Anderchuk, a really dear friend of mine is Brad Richards of the 2004 yep. Stanley Cup champion Tampa Lightning. And Dave was the captain. He was the absolute glue. You know, it's funny, the Toronto Maple Leafs are life and death, right, to get into the playoffs right now. And I got a feeling it's going to come down to the Sunday afternoon telecast at Hometown Hockey, which is the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Leafs. So we're in Pat Quinn's uh, hometown. I, I'm banking on your luck of the Irish, uh, Bill, to get this done. Uh, but but Dave, you know, he, he was a light-hearted guy. He he kept the team out. They were out. <laughs> I remember Marty St. Louis thought, are we drinking too much? You know, because we were having, they were having such a great group uh, dynamic all through that run. And that was Dave's leadership. He insisted on uh, not getting too, you know, nervous about things. He wanted to take the edge off a little bit from time to time. He did a great job. It was one of the greatest examples. And for him, for Andrew Chuck, he was the tail end of a, you know, many thousand game career. Uh, he, he was his last kick at it, and he still kept, uh, you know, kind of a proper perspective when he led them to that title in '04. So it's great. And I remember his mom. When we were out in Calgary, uh, we stayed at the hotel, the Westin, and I would go to the beer store to grab a beer for Don and me to drink in our room. And the only two people in the beer store every day were Dave's mom and Mika Kippersock, the goalie for the Calgary Flames, who wasn't too shabby, but it was a really funny tradition that came out of that 4 Cup. Yeah, we've had some great uh, discussions with Dave about that year, too. And that, that was a classic situation, Ron. That used to happen a lot where teams would add a veteran as, as, a, as a locker room guy. I mean, Dave obviously still had a lot of hockey talent and, and contributed greatly to that Stanley Cup champion, but his his presence in the locker room and his leadership, as you mentioned, wearing the C on the jersey, I, I think was one of the key building blocks in those guys winning the championship that year. Undeniable, and there was a guy I remember, Chris Dingman, who came out of Brandon Wheatking's program, and he played in the in the sixth game at Calgary, where the Flames were coming home to cinch uh, the title. Uh, he Dingman and Andrewchuk played all the big minutes. The, the Flames were a really physical team. Uh, Christoph Olivois played in Welland uh, in his junior B career. Uh, they were a big, tough team to play against, and Tampa was done. Brad Richards told me, me and Marty, we'd had it. We'd been pasted to the board so many times, we had very little gas left in the tank, and it was the bigger players who were able to hold up under that uh, barrage who 
got us through Game 6, which they won in double overtime, and then ultimately they got it done in Game 7 at home. He was great, and I think of Steve Steos, too. We're coming into Hamilton. You know, that, There was a great book on the Tigers, the 1925 NHL team that yeah. you know, obviously went on strike and left for New York. And the Wesleys did a book uh, where they start with uh, the idea of Hamiltonians are well aware of their reputation, the tough little kid at the back of the class sporting two black eyes. And Pat Quinn's defiance, Dave Anderchuk at the tail end of his career, Steve Steos to get to 1,000 games in the NHL. Real, you know, gentle spirit of a guy, but so dogged. Uh, just a, you know, so that, that'll be a kind of a thread, and of course the Nurse family with all their talent. That'll be a neat thread through the show. Well, it's, it's interesting, yeah, because, I mean, Steve, because we were just talking about Dave Anderchuk's leadership for the, with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, that, that Stanley Cup run the Oilers took that year. I mean, Steve, again, was a veteran guy that they picked up and a solid defenseman, but again, a leadership guy in the dressing room. And that was a, that was a magical journey the Oilers went on that year. He was a free agent signing, you're right, and so they got him for that express purpose. And I'll never forget, Scott Oak had him on After Hours with Ethan Morrow, his good friend, uh, who was scouted by Jack Davidson of Oakville here. Uh, Ethan and uh, Steve are on with Scott Oak, who's a funny guy. And it was April Fool's in, Cal- in Edmonton, actually. The Flames had beaten Edmonton in Edmonton. And Scott was trying to have some fun with the guys, and they were livid, right? Uh, but, but not Steve. <laughs> Ethan could barely muster a word in the interview. But Steve had a perspective again. And the Calgary, they would go on to lose Edmonton, uh, key games in St. Louis, uh, and Detroit, uh, they got shut out in Detroit, and it looked like they were done, much like Toronto's lost these last two games. Uh, but Steve's kind of spirit stood pat. You know, he didn't he didn't lose it, and uh, that was a big part of. Uh, I mean, they had Chris Pronger was a great stud for them on mm-hmm. defense, but Steve, his way was really important to the Oilers almost winning the cup there in '06. You know, Ron, when uh, when you and Tara come in here for the uh, the, the, the weekend, uh, you always bring some great alumni with you. Darcy Tucker, the great Leaf, is going to be along there talking about gritty hockey players. But this is kind of a homecoming for Shane Corson too. I know I know Shane's from Midland originally, but I mean he played for the Steelhawks here in junior A hockey. A really important time in his uh, you know career. He got to the World Junior program because of it. Uh, so the two of them are Pat Quinn disciples. That's neat. Uh, great to have their their kind of brand ambassadors. We had Shane with us when we were in Barrie, Ontario, which is where he kind of considers yep. home now. And, he, you know, his his talk about his father, who he lost, uh, you know, at the tail end of his career. Uh, he, they're just both uh, heart and soul guys. Uh, they, they would be as if from Hamilton, for sure. If you if you go by their traits, like I was telling, I was doing a banquet for the provincials of Bantam and Peewee here in Oakville, the Rangers are hosting. So I was telling the kids how... Uh, our town got its name, the First Nations Mississaugas of the New Credit, who are now down around Hagersville. But they, they were in Oakville and Mississauga, and they called Oakville White Oak uh, because they build ships out of the White Oak uh, here in town. And they had a guy named Chisholm. Colonel William Chisholm was the father of Oakville, first guy to come in and build the shipbuilding company. And they called him White Oak because of his uh, heart and because of his honesty. And, uh, again, those are the qualities that I saw Tucker and uh, Corson, especially in 2002 when Toronto had a good deep run without Matt Sundin for most of it. Yeah. Uh, they weren't on the bikes. There was, there was nothing cosmetic about those two guys. They were just completely honest, uh, full of heart hockey players. The first real game at uh, what was then the New Cops Coliseum so many years ago was the, the Canadian national team against the Russians. It was an exhibition game. And and Shane had just recently jumped onto that team, actually, after playing for the Steelhawks. And uh, Sean Burke was the goalie. 
on that. And they beat the Russians six to three that night. It was uh, I was there. It was a great night, and I, I always have fond memories of him as a junior A hockey player and as a tough, gritty guy too. Uh, we should mention we're almost out of time. Saturday and Sunday, there's going to be all kinds of events going on. Of course, at Pier Eight uh, on Discovery Drive, that's down by the Williams Coffee Pub, where everybody knows, and our Sarkoa restaurant. Uh, you guys are going to be set up there. There's the uh, the the locker room there. Uh, the the veterans are going to be there. Of course, the NHL alumni, the ball hockey rink. It's going to be just a blast both days, and the weather's going to be great. That's the biggest thing is, uh, although we have tents, so you're, you know, in the heart of winter we do this series, but for Sunday it's perfect, and even both days uh, it's free. That's the other thing that families should know, that you don't pay for a thing. You get all kinds of free toques and sweaters, and there's so much interactive stuff for kids to enjoy, and you mentioned Darcy and Shane, and the music, we'll have all kinds of live music uh, throughout both days, so I highly recommend folks come and join us. Uh, it's going to be, and it could end up being a very special telecast. Oh, oh it's going to be. This, this is a game that matters. I mean, obviously, even if it doesn't matter for the Leafs, uh, Columbus is still shooting for position right now, too. They're in a pretty tough battle. They're, I mean, they're in the playoffs. No, Bill, but, they're, but you're right. They And you don't think they want to get Toronto out of there, right? Oh, yeah. Everybody <laughs> knows that Toronto's got a good young team. Uh, it looks like, you know, they might be resigned to eighth and playing the Washington Capitals. But So just listening to your, uh, I was thinking of Pat Quinn, uh, I don't know what I'll do with it, but uh, the Leafs might need the game on Sunday, so Danny boy, I would say uh, we will hear those softies tread above from <laughs> Glenny Avenue down the mountainside, the valley's hushed and the white snow. It is you, John, Brian, Patrick, Aloysius, Quinn, will sweetly abide. That's what they're going to need. You're, you're luck of the Irish. And on that note, we'll leave it. Ron, thanks so much for the time today, and uh, have a great weekend. We enjoy watching. We'll pop down and see you on the weekend. Love it. Thanks, Bill. Take care. Ron McLean, of course, uh, the host of Hockey Night in Canada and the host of uh, Rogers Hometown Hockey, which is going to be here in town this weekend. Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. And listen to The Bill Kelly Show weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.